say to me, you know, what are you going to do with yourself, Michael? What are you going to do? There's nothing that just hit me that I wanted to do. I wanted to be Rocky. That's what I wanted to be. I I did try. I had like 25 or 30 jobs. I wake up, I hit the ground running every day of my life. He was becoming better at his fantasy. You go home at the end of the day, can you live with yourself? Did you do the best that you could? And that's the message I got when I was a kid. Setting ourselves up here is something special, you know, the next thing. guest is a uh, very funny gentleman making his debut with us tonight and he will be performing all next week at the 25th annual Montreal Comedy Festival. Please welcome Joe Matarese. Please welcome back uh, stand-up comedian Joe Matarese. Please welcome Joe Matarese, everybody. Joe Matarese. Here's a sign you're getting old and I knew I was getting old. When you go to an empty bar and you go, I love this place. Episode 5 from Pretender to Contender. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> As we do good. our we do our episodes backwards, everybody. We've uh it's like uh it's like pulp fiction, right, Mike? Like we do we record the intros last. It's like that it, Joe and I are so sick of seeing each other right now. We've just been talking for like three hours. So it's like, okay, Mike, say something and like, let's make this all work. Okay. Anyways, guys, it's great to have you all back here. As you know, we are trying to get this project off the ground, but we are tweaking it. We are going to do a play and we think this is going to work out, but we don't know how long COVID is going to be around. So Joe had this idea that I agree with, and I think we might go TV pilot web series type of deal. So, and I think it's more viable, more feasible, and it also fits my writing style a little bit better because I have written uh, books and movies. And so, none of the movies got produced, but I wrote them. Uh, so, I think I'm going to be a little bit more hands on and a little more helpful. Uh, you know, what we do, it's always really crowdfunded. That's really why we're trying to do this with the podcast to kind of build this to give a really great quality pro uh, product and you can call me collect call me Balboa. call me speaking of calling you can call our voicemail at 951-298-9899 and you can leave a voicemail what does from pretender to contender mean to you also, our Patreon page. Please go and subscribe. You can support us this way. It's great. There's a bunch of levels that come with a whole bunch of things. I'm not going to waste time telling you about them. Just go check them out. They're awesome. One of the things I'll tell you I do love, you can get Joe to show up virtually for a gig, and you can get a Rocky tour with me virtually. So, you know, we're working on all these things, and I think they're really going to pan out. I love and, it. Oh, Joe, the last thing. Don't let me forget, Joe. 
We've got this little thing under my name called uh, Linktree for Mike Kunda and Joe Matteris. You can find out so much more about us. There's a ton of links there. You can find out about our, our gigs, our specials, our movies, books, stand-ups, you name it. It's all there. Links to our episodes are there. So click on the Linktree. Click on Now, Joe, we're doing... When do I fight again? <laughs> But again, well, we got a guy. Uh, we we have something different today. We thought we we'd do. We got uh, one of our 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 real big super fans, um, Anthony. I, I love this guy. Um, he sent in a bunch of questions, and he thought he always wanted to be a podcaster. And he's from Toronto. That's in Canada, in case you don't know that, you know. So uh, he he always wanted to do a podcast, but. Uh, I don't know if he was nervous or scared to try it, but he's he's now venturing out. He's a plumber. And he thought, boy, he really likes what we had to say and what, what we're about. So he asked us a bunch of questions. And I think we're going to play those in just a few minutes. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Cash is by. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, seriously. This he was, he was, and he was very good at it. He wasn't one really, of those. I'm an anchor. This guy, he's the best, and uh, it wouldn't be such a good fight. He was a, not a ham and egger. He was good. He was good. I he knew he would good. be good because he left that long voicemail a few weeks yeah. ago that was really articulate and really well done. And uh, the Italian stallion, the media will eat it up. He's Italian, so now, we let him on, man. <laughs> That's the way it works. Well, your, yeah. Your name ends in a vowel. You're on next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did sign a disclosure where uh, we do get 70% of all of the money he makes on future uh, uh, podcasts. So, what if, we, what if yeah. we made him sign a contract like they do on like American Idol or Could America's you Got Talent where we, oh, we yeah. own his career now? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I know. Shit. He'll be throwing monkey Time wrenches at us and pipes. Takes everybody out. It's undefeated. It's undefeated from Creed when Adonis meets Rocky for the first time at Adrian's. And he no, it's, it was really good. And we we go off on tangents and side street conversations. It, it was really interesting. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Watch it and then stick mm -hmm. around right after we have a little wrap up where, you know, we take away um, whatever it is that we took away. Yeah. And I think he's going to I think he's going to stick with it. I think uh, I think. uh I think I think he he well I think he should definitely stay with it and uh, yeah, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad we inspired him and let uh, it go. he's not gonna let it go you're the champ let it go <laughs> that always sounds like some pornographic type thing <laughs> like Duke is telling Apollo let it go let it go like it's it's almost creepy isn't it. Out of context. I do remember Anthony also said this to us when he said he would interview us. I wouldn't take no cheap shots either. I'd really be a good spawn partner, you know. No cheap shots. He he kept it all above the belt. You know what I mean? He, didn't, he did. He, he did good. Yeah. He didn't bring up anything that we're like, ah, oh, dude, I, I'll right? pass. I'll pass on that yeah, one. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, no, he was great. So we should get to his interview. His interview with us a little faster than uh, than, than I, you gave all the plugs. There's nothing really for me to say, except uh, we'll be uh, we'll be. Joe, where are you at? Where are you at on uh, Sunday, Joe? What are you doing Sunday? But this show, this show's not going to be out by then. This will be past Joe. Then. What? 
Doesn't matter, Joe. What are you doing, son? You want me to plug gigs that that, have, that when this show comes Joe, out don't exist? Joe, don't make me look like an asshole, Joe. Joe, where are you going to be at Sunday? Uh, I'll be at the uh, Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey this Sunday, which if you have a flux capacitor and you want to go back to Sunday because you'll be getting this on Tuesday That's right. uh, in the in the early evening, feel free. That's right. Feel free. Get him a body bag! Yeah! All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's 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 go to this uh, really fun interview. As I'm uh, typically looking looking for my music, as I can never find it. La-da-da-da, there it is. We'll be uh, we'll be right back with uh, Mike and myself and Anthony. Two and two. Yo, Mike Kunda, I thought maybe you could post this on your social media. Maybe as like a, like a little promo for Pretender to Contender, that podcast we're doing together, you know? I think you're starting to wear off on me. Absolutely. I mean that. The hat, you got the build and everything going good on the hat. I could never yeah, wear hats yeah, that's my thing. You want me to? Well, seriously, can take it off or what? No, no, we were no, kidding. I was just being an asshole. Okay, no, I'm just making. I don't know, right? Fuck you guys up with this stupid shit that I am on. So, well, do I just start yeah. firing or what? Yeah, like start it how you want to start it. And uh, thanks for wanting to interview us. By the way, this is uh, this is kind of oh. fun. I mean, I get interviewed interviewed and mike gets interviewed a lot you know for yeah. other people's podcasts but i don't know if i've ever had somebody yeah. interview me on my own podcast so i like this this is fun and yeah uh, well cool you know, it was just an idea i had and i just thought you know what why not just pitch it i mean you know what's the worst you can say no <laughs> that's that, how did you find out about our podcast before you start interviewing it, us it all started with with mike i'll be honest um I, I saw it all started with the pretender documentary and, oh. and I saw, I don't remember how I saw it on those YouTube or something, the trailer for it. Right. And then I started right. kind of right. looking into who Mike was and it blew me away. First, Mike, no offense. <laughs> first I thought, well, who is this guy? I don't understand what this guy's doing. Right. But I get then that all the time. getting to know, getting to know <clears throat> from what I saw and, and his Instagram, uh, is such a great guy. And then uh, I saw the podcast. Uh, I guess you promoted it, right? And and yeah, I started watching sure. it. Learned about you a little bit, Joe. And and that was it. From watching the episodes, uh, saw that you guys are two cool guys. So then this idea pops into my head because I'm always kind of doing stuff like this, thinking about things, and and I've always wanted to be a broadcaster my whole life. Really? And yeah, yeah, my whole life I wanted to be a broadcaster. Didn't pan out. Became a plumber instead. But <laughs> this is like. This, this is now like a hobby, right? Like before it wasn't easy to do stuff like this and get on the air. Now you can get on, you know, you can do stuff like this for hobbies. Anthony, quick, let me, let me interject here a second. Let's yeah. just, here's, here's how awesome I think it is to be a plumber. Let's just jump ahead 40 years from now and there's yeah. a zombie outbreak. <laughs> the planet doesn't exist the way that it did. Who do you think is going to be more in need, a plumber or a broadcaster? <laughs> oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. You, <laughs> you picked the right choice. Trust me. Absolutely. You have a skill. No, hey, hey, I love it. I love what I do. Don't get me wrong. But you know, there's always this thing in the back of my mind, right? Yeah, it's like about right. 
I love, I love broadcasting. I love this kind of stuff. So I thought, let me see what these guys think of this crazy idea. <laughs> That's how it happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you guys. Really? Well, the other question is, is how did you find the pretender? The documentary. Yeah. How'd you find yeah. this documentary? How'd you find that? How'd oh, you know it. about it? Like I said, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but it came across. I don't know if it was while I was on YouTube, you know, messing around. Right. You just or saw I looking, Or I was looking something rocky up. I just saw this yeah. uh, trailer. I just saw this trailer. I don't know how I saw it. Nobody told me about it. It just popped up somewhere one day. Because well, well, Stal- Sylvester Stallone mentioned it on his feed. Maybe do you follow Sylvester Stallone's Instagram? Yeah, I do. I do. And it could have been that. It could have been Instagram. I just saw the Pretender logo and... And I followed it. And yeah, yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah. I started watching you, added you to Instagram, all that kind of stuff. It, here's another and question for you. Did it. you, you know, uh, if you listen to our podcast, I couldn't get my wife to yeah. watch The Pretender. Do you have a wife that could, uh, that you, that you watch The Pretender with and she like can hang with Rocky stuff or is she just go, you do that? I'm going to go in the other room. No, no, she watches stuff. Oh, 100. Yeah, she loves all that kind of stuff. She So she She's, sat and watched the whole Pretender with you? Yeah, for sure. She watched it. She she loves Rocky. She loves Rocky, all of them. She We went to see Creed 1 and 2. Uh, she's so into it. And she Italian? Loves whole, like, she, couldn't, she couldn't believe Yeah, she's Italian too. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. She see, my wife, it. this is the problem, Mike. I think we just figured it out. My wife is is half italian but her dad is adopted so it's like and and the genes are vague he was raised by two yeah. italian people uh and he acts like an italian but yeah. not a hundred percent sure i think that could be <laughs> yeah. it maybe she's like maybe she's no. french or something no <laughs> no no i think ultimately it comes all it comes down to open-mindedness just to be open-minded sometimes we we are so in a bubble of our own life experiences and thoughts we're just not open to a new experience or something that goes against everything we were taught or learned i fly in the face of many things so i understand his wife thinks i'm a psychotic that needs meds it's okay i bet She's a great mom and a great wife. So oh, she is. She's phenomenal. I have no doubt about it. I'm sure she's wonderful. That's she a good point. Me. I think that is it. I think there's a little bit of an open mindedness. Like there's yeah. times where her and I get into an argument and it's because she doesn't want to hear something. And like, I won't stop trying to convey my point. She, yeah. And we like, can all be that way. Like, I, I don't want to lay that on your wife that she's not open minded. I'm saying the three of us, I'm sure in our lives can be closed-minded i know i'm closed-minded on certain oh, yeah. topics so i get it right and yeah. i think there can be a difference between closed-minded in life and closed-minded about a movie you're gonna watch like yeah, sitting yeah, down course, to watch rocky you could have a closed-minded attitude and i always i always say it's because she studies the brain for a living and boxing is the exact like yeah. boxing and it's like it's like Clubber Lang and Rock, like two opposites. You know what I mean? That's you're not going to get someone that's trying to fix the brain to watch somebody break brains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, my, so my she wife can't watch is of, Yeah, right, right, right. My wife is one of the most intelligent people I've I've ever come across as far as humanity goes, as far as upstanding morals and treating people with dignity and kindness and all of that. Yet one of her favorite shows is The Jersey Shore. 
So, I, I mean, it's a complete opposite to who she is yeah. as a person, right? right. But That's she right. loves that. She doesn't want to have to think because she works so hard at work all the time. She doesn't want to have to use her brain. She wants to come home yeah. and, and apparently these humans make her laugh when she watches them. So I tend to leave the state while she watches it and then I come back. Yeah, well, it's like how you're a deep thinker, but you like to watch people fall down on video. You oh, think it's the best. I just watched this big oaf come down a ski jump that he made in his backyard on a hill. He was on a skateboard. He had a helmet and a flag shirt on, and he it, it was made out of plywood. And he comes all the way down the bottom, right, and it hits a bump or something. And at the very tip, he and he's such a rotund guy, he hits the top, and he goes over into a pool. Oh, and you just hear the ribs crack, and he's just laying in the pool, oh, moaning. And I'm like, yes, that's the yeah. best. Yeah, I saw that Darth Jesus. Vader one that you you were you were talking about the other day. Love it. I'm a Star Wars fan, but that was hilarious. Sorry, <laughs> that is you hear the audible oof when oh, he yeah. hits the side oh, of the wall, and, he comes. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyson, Tyson oh, falling. Yeah. yeah, and you know I would never laugh at or within 600 miles of Mike Tyson, but yeah. that's funny. So oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, we, yeah, we appreciate well, we appreciate that you wanted to interview us, and uh, we're yeah, gonna and we're gonna saying yes. It's almost like our podcast now. Mike is like the idol maker. He has the dream of wanting to be a podcaster or a broadcaster, right. and we're giving him the giving him the opportunity. Is this going to be your first interview ever? Yeah, pretty much. Like in real life, you know, I've done it for fun, but this is yeah, for sure. 100%. And what kind of broadcaster yeah. did you want to be? A sports announcer, a weatherman? What did you want? Yeah, to be? I was really digging sports. I really wanted to do the sports, uh, the sports talk radio kind of stuff. For all, sure. Yeah. So all sports, not just like yeah, like. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. So feel all free sports, to throw yeah. some sports in if you feel like it. Mike, Mike's yeah, not a sports cool. guy, but I am a little bit. So. Uh, so, okay. So you want to just, uh, start your little thing that we'll treat this as if this isn't show isn't even called pretender to contender. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony. Ask your questions. Go ahead. Ask. No, it's pretender ask to contender. That's, that's, that's ask. what this is all about guys. This is what, do you want me about. to do? Do you want me to do any drops while you ask us questions? I know Mike hates them. Oh, you want me to stay away from geez. drops? Oh, you can do Oh, drops are hilarious. Oh. <laughs> you can do the, any drop you want to put in. <laughs> that's my favorite drop of all. <laughs> I love the. <laughs> Can you hear that? I one? love the drop. I'm the Jergens laugh. I'm sorry. That's another reason why this is so appealing to me because the yeah. two things I love in life is Rocky and stand-up comedy. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I swear that's another reason that this is, is so appealing. You know what's right? Right. You, you're adding this two stuff together, it's amazing. I don't know what it is, but I can tell in about a minute. By a guy's personality and the way he looks, if they are big stand-up comedy fans, and within like thirty seconds of talking to you when you first came on, I'm like, you you just kind of act like a comedian. Like I, you seem like someone that like knows comedy. Well, I don't know why I knew that. Thank you, but okay. Here, let me tell you this: that before, you know, when growing up, and you're like, I don't know, what do I want to do? I thought about being a stand-up comedian because in the family, okay, I'm the funny one. I'm not a stand-up comedian. Let's please not even close i so, realized really fast it's not gonna happen we're gonna end up interviewing him. we're gonna end up interviewing anthony <laughs> anyway <laughs> i have so many questions i already want to ask you i'm like anytime, by the end, we're gonna figure out why the fuck you didn't go for it and 
And why can't yeah, you really. go for it on the side of being a plumber? You totally can. There's no way, there's no well, reason. You, like you said, we're going to make you start this podcast that you want to start by the end of this. This episode. is the path I'm heading. I'm telling you, that's, you know, it took about 39 years to, to finally say, let's try it, but I'm trying it now. Well, this but, is yeah. this is part of becoming a pretender to a contender. Now that I think about but it, that, is reaching it. out to reason. two guys is you yeah. came out of your shell. Yeah. That, so and I'm going to tell you something. And I may, I don't know if you're going to record this. The reason why I, 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 like Mike said, you said many times, Mike, that. You got to try new things. You're, you you told yourself you got to try new things. And mm. before I watched the show, learned about you, learned about Joe, I would never have tried this. I swear to God, I never would have tried this. But that. listening to you and saying, you know, I, I'm trying new things. I tried this. I tried that. I tried this. I go, well, why not? Joe, remember when you said last week, just ask. I just asked. So I said, you know, I'm just going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. Your show kind of made this happen inspired this to happen so it makes it made sense to well you're on the your caller it. i mean if people aren't, aren't making the connection anthony was that really good caller we had a few weeks ago where we said wow the guy was really concise and articulate you uh yeah. i don't know if you did like nine versions of that call before you <laughs> or you called no, but was, you nailed the call no that was the only th that's the other thing i said i'm doing one take however it sounds it sounds so that was one <laughs> Yeah. But, wait, no, a wait a second. Wait a second. Here's a here's a second of your call. Hey guys, this is Anthony from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh, also known as Ray N Seven, Ray N Seven on Instagram. Uh, I've reached <laughs> out to you guys a few times. Uh, what no one... does pr from pretender to contender mean to me? I was giving this some thought and. Uh, for me, what I think it is, is that very quiet moment, that minute moment within someone's stuff. It's not grand. It's not horns blaring. It's just a very quiet moment that people have that you realize that it's time to do something. What I'm going to fade it there. It's that it. it so well said. Thank and, you. Perfect. And Mike and I talk about that whispering voice that you have in your yeah. head, you know, which, you know, yeah. will probably come up during your interview. Like uh, Mike and I have evolved. We did our live episode the other day about and we talked all about the play and how we want to um, more. We're morphing it possibly into a shooting a pilot and, and um Try and Amazing. do, and then uh, and and try to fund it and and do it Joe. well, so it doesn't look like a piece of shit, and then make it downloadable. Joe, just for explain, Rocky fans. But Joe, take. What? Can you just say in fifteen seconds what the phrase "shooting a pilot" means, so people don't get the wrong idea? <laughs> <laughs> okay, because uh, we don't need to get arrested. All right, we want to make uh, we're, filming. We're, well, the play was a was you know I'd say. 25% done and um, doesn't look like the Corona thing is going to end anytime soon where we're going to be doing theater. So we can still do it as a play, but we started thinking, you know, we got a lot here. Why don't we try to adapt this into something that we can film? And instead of making 10 episodes, let's make the first episode and then see if we could use that first episode to get more money to make more episodes and, and make it a, a, a show 
that's really geared towards Rocky fans, like the people that listen to this, something that, you know, has heart and has some sort of climbing whispers in the head kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Takeaway. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. So, um, but go ahead. I got to shut up. Yeah, please. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. I'll start with Mike, if that's okay. Yeah. Mike, um, Really what I want to know, first question, when did your love for Rocky um, kind of start to alter your DNA in a way? Like, when did it start to change your life in positive ways? And I don't mean in ways where you were making money, just in positive ways when you were younger, because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people in the beginning were like, what are you doing here? This is not a career. Like, so when did it start? When did you start to say, okay, this is. This is this is good. I'm going to do this. Immediately after watching Rocky for the first time uh, in 1979 in February, um, it, it was more along the lines of what you said, a quiet moment. There were no trump there were trumpets blaring in the movie. But after the movie, it was that moment. It's like if you're an aerial, if you could take an aerial shot of a boat and it's going it's it's cruising along and then there's a one degree shift you're not going to notice that one degree for a little while okay but if slowly you have here is your like original okay and now you have this grand arc between years later and it was just a one degree shift that's all that it was and for me i was supposed to be somewhere else i was supposed to be not qualified i was supposed to be menial labor it was gonna max out at some assistant to the assistant uh if i was lucky and the rocky thing it just kicked in but maybe it's different for everybody else I, I i don't know but it put me in a bubble uh early on it had put me in a bubble that kept me away from most other kids which meant it kept me out of activities bad activities couldn't get a date to save my life, but I also didn't get into any trouble really as a kid. Not, not really. And uh, I think that was all part of that Rocky philosophy that I clung on to. And to this day, I really have uh, no friends. I mean, Joe Matarese is more of a friend to me than people who have known me for 40 years. So, you know, yeah, there you go. Well, that's, that's the other thing, right? Um, you know, building on that, you said in, in the documentary that you were ridiculed by many people. Uh, they called you delusional names like that. Right. Did your oh family God, yeah. ever waver? Did your family ever waver on the, on the lifestyle as well? Were, no, were it's they not supportive they, from day one. What they were supportive, but there was no, everyone knew, including myself that I, there's no future. You, you can't get paid to be Rocky. One guy's Rocky. And it's his show, okay? So I was just dressing like the character, walking around my neighborhoods, emulating the character, training like the character. But at the same time, I was always trying to find a, a, a career. And my parents always kept nurturing that. They never, ever once mocked me or put me down or thought I had <laughs> issues. I think they did think I had issues. But... They didn't say it out loud and they would just encourage to go and get a, have, have a plan B, have a career, have something that you can count on, learn a trade, get a skill. It was more that type of thing. And, and my mother always wanted me to go to school, but 
not that I'm stupid, but I, I, I just didn't have what it took. I, I, I couldn't focus. Even now, if I don't, if I don't have my heart is not involved in it, I can't be, I want nothing to do with it. You know, certain projects are that way. So, but um, yeah. no, they, you know, once everyone saw there was a potential professionally, everybody was like, holy shit, Jesus, all those years. Now you got to go for it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been imitating Rocky my whole life, but it was never going to go anywhere. So I, it, it's amazing. Well, you you it's got really the Rocky four look. You got the beard when he goes to Russia. <laughs> oh, I got <laughs> Yeah. This guy's which, one of my favorite way, ones. I'll take that one. Which, by the way, did you know that the beard in Rocky four was fake? Stallone can't grow a beard the way that he wanted to. No, I did not. That's amazing. Yeah. That's True a good story. fake beard. Can't I tell know, right? That's, that's, that was a really good fake beard, yeah. My I God. know, I know. Anyways. Joe, I'm going to talk to you now. You've put a lot of Rocky into your acts, I've noticed. Uh, where did your love for Rocky begin? Because we all know Mike's. Uh, what about yours? Is it as simple as, you know, watching watching Rocky 1 or... Well, I think, I think mine, now that I hear Mike explain how he kind of isolated, like Rocky felt like it was speaking to him and he became like, basically that was his friend and didn't have a lot of friends and didn't have girlfriends and all that growing up. Whereas I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and I'll tell you in high school and then I remember starting community college all the guys that I hung out with. And it was just like, I can name like four or five guys that we went to, you know, we all had fake IDs and we went to the bars together and we hung out. And some of us were going to the same community college and like uh, four out of five of us were Italian guys. And we used to talk about Rocky and we would, every time the new Rockies would come out, we would go see them together or we would watch them again together. And then we would do Rocky lines together. And, this one guy, Mike, uh, that I grew up with, this Italian kid, he lived in my neighborhood. And uh, I hung at their house all the time. He was like, they were my getaway. They were the opposite of my house. And I used to go there all the time. They, Their dad left when they were really young. Who knows if that was the reason why he connected with Rocky. You know, he didn't have a dad growing up. I don't know. But him and I would tape record the Rocky movies and have a tape recorder and we would do our paper routes and we would just listen to the, the Rocky movie in our basket of our paper route, you know, with the old recorders that had that button with the little second yellow button. You had to push them both at the same time. And we would put it up. Yeah. Against, I put it up against yeah. the TV and I would record the whole movie, but it was, I wasn't just Rocky, but I loved Rocky. Like, I remember we we knew every line to Meatballs with Bill Murray. We recorded that one. We used to just repeat. We were, there's a little, I think there's a little bit of like almost being like a savant with being this insane about something. Like, my wife will say that sometimes. Like, it's a little bit like, almost like rocky autism when you lock when you lock in on one thing and you can't and you can't see anything else like i don't know if it's a uh, i don't know if it's how the norm is and i and i think what mike said i think our connection to rocky and this is like a little bit of a deeper thought is and i've this is in our play it made my attention deficit go away because of the heart that was in 
the movie, the, the first one especially. And when something connects to you on this deep level, it made you focus. And um, so I, I feel like a lot of people that might love this movie have a little bit of a brokenness. At that, and that's why they connect it to them. And they, they see themselves in the movie for some reason because they feel this like hurt or whatever. I think it's like, it's almost like, uh, I, I remember a line in a movie, um, Mr. Saturday Night. Did you guys ever see this movie with Billy Crystal? Where he wants to be a comedian. He wants to be a comedian and, and he becomes a comedian, like a Catskill comedian. And uh, his wife totally gets it. Where I, I forget who she says it to, because someone says something to her like how do you i think it's the brother the brother his brother's his manager and she and the brother kind of has a thing for his own for his wife i mean he's not saying anything and he finally says something like how do you deal with this because the guy's like a slave to being a stand-up like he needs that audience so much and she said she says to him i i knew when i first met him that no matter how much love i give him he needs a second hug. He needs a hug from strangers. And that's how it felt for me when I watched Rocky the first time. Like, this guy gets me. Yep. For some, I get this guy, and this guy gets me. And I, 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 feel, I feel comfort from watching this. Yeah, it's, so, it's such a relatable character, right? Like, more than an, any Well, I don't, He's like I said, for my wife, probably not. But for... An Italian kid growing who has this dream of becoming a comedian that doesn't even know. I mean, when I first saw it, I was young. And then when I was, I mean, we were bouncing Rocky lines off each other every two seconds, me and my friend. I mean, still to this day, you know, that's what we quote the most when we're around each other. You know, and yeah, no, I, I do the same thing. I, me and my brother, we do the same thing. It's And you don't even think about it. You just line after line and it just becomes part of your your vernacular uh, right well then I, and that i could do an impression of his voice right like, like so my friends still make fun of me because they tease me because there's always rocky bits in all my comedy albums yeah. every one of them has a right. different rocky bit and they're just like they go isn't it time oh, they'll, they'll, isn't it time for a new rocky bit now and you're just like shut the fuck up i don't know why i just keep thinking of different i connect rocky to everything and it's why yeah mike and i met yeah yeah, it's it's and it's so funny that you said that about the tape recorder because I don't know I just thought I was the only crazy that did that as, as a kid you know I would I would tape the movies and I would get obsessed with at at a point in my life I was obsessed with one of them right well, I love walking it would all be about one two three four whatever well and I would, yeah, yeah. now that we're them. now that we're saying this out loud uh, it makes me think that there's a there's something more intimate to listening to just the audio of something and why I agree podcast fans when you meet them like there's such a different connection with people that if they're just listeners and they're not even watching the video because when I first started doing podcasting years ago you weren't filming them people were just listening and there was something about that putting those headphones in and sitting in the gym and lifting weights and listening to somebody talk or jogging somewhere and it, you know it takes your mind off of the hard work there's a there's a deep connection to the sound so it's a, so tape recording a movie is different than watching it over and over again on a VCR yeah 
No, I agree. I remember sitting in the backseat of my parents' car. It's in the headphones and you, you're hearing it so intimately, like you said, but then you're picturing the scenes as it's happening. Cause you know, right. You know, what's happening at this point. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such a cool thing. What in that vein, what does Rocky mean to you, Joe? How does it resonate in your kind of everyday life? Like, how do you take his, what, what the message is? Well, it's, Rocky a, and kinda it, it's a very, po- it's a very positive message. Cause he doesn't do anything um, mean to anybody. Like he's a great person. Yeah. He loves his wife. He's sweet to animals. He's good to kids. So like, I remember once I was at the gym and I, I sent my wife a picture of Stallone like now and how in shape he is. And I sent it to her and she was just like, you got a problem. Come down with the Rocky. Right. And I went, and I, now that I'm older and I stand up for myself a lot more than I used to, I said, Hey, hon, I I hate to break it to you. Nothing about being obsessed with Rocky is going to fuck up our marriage. I go, he's nothing but an amazing character. I go, you don't have, you're never going to hear a guy go, you know why I went on that binge with the hookers? Because I watched Rocky (laughs) 3 and I got really horny and he was cheating on his wife. So I went and cheated. No, I said, he's a good guy. I said, all I'm going to do is work out really hard. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this guy inspires me. 75 years old. Yeah. He, he's freaking shredded. That's inspiring. I don't know. I like yeah. it. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. I never understood about people when I come across them and, and they don't get that. I, I, I used to, I used to be like crazy about it. And now I get to a point I just go, okay, I guess your life took you down a path different than mine and how we see things. So no matter what I say, I'm not going to get you to change because you're always going to have this view that is clearly wrong. And maybe you should get checked for like brain hemorrhage or something, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When, when, when people, I think when people do things that other people want to do or wish they were doing, they get upset about it. I think, I think that's what it is. Some people do. Yeah. There's that side of it too. Like sure, they can't definitely. do it themselves. So they're like, well, look at this, look at this guy. What's, what's he doing here? You know, I think they make fun of it because they wish they were doing what you were doing, you know, or had the guts mm. to do it. Or so, just doing something that they had that much something. passion about. They're mad that they picked a job that they hate and they have to go to it every day. Yeah. Like someone's going to be mad at me for doing this for yeah. sure. Like Mike and I are the kind of, yeah, mm. we can't wait to go work on our careers. Yeah. We like it. Right. Our worst day, I should say, my worst day at work is probably most people's best days that they have three times a year at work. And and that's my worst day. I mean, I, I get it. I get why people yeah. would want to have their thing to be to be able to make money from their passion and and and, and connect with people on a way that is is pretty deep. Yeah, the only part about I think our jobs is trying to find jobs. Like that's the only part that sucks about having a passion for something and then wanting to do it is going how do I get as much um mm. gigs? How do I get it? like it's like Mike when he he was you know, he was in a semi-depression, I think, the first couple of weeks of the podcast because his tours were at a zero. And then as I could tell his personality changed when he just he's like, I did a tour. I feel like I have purpose. And like I said, yeah. I had a, I had two gigs yesterday. Like my mood changed. 
Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like a cattle prod to my privates. You just get right on fire. <laughs> it just it woke you up. Like it, the the thing in your mind goes dormant. I don't get depression. I've never had depression. I've never suffered from depression. I've been down. I've been bummed. I've been like, oh, oh come man. on, I just want to get back to work. Yeah, but I'm my my and we all know depression is a real thing. So the chemicals in my brain, I guess, are balanced. So, and coming from a, a normal home, uh, medicated, there it is. And you see, that's that's one of the things. Like, you would think a guy like Joe's chemical balance was probably a skewed. And that's not even a joke. I know Joe's laughing, and he's going to make me laugh because he's laughing. But I don't mean that as a joke. That's what depression is. It's it's the imbalance of the chemicals in our brains. And I was fortunate. I didn't deal with that. I've made people depressed because I'm a nut job, but <laughs> I've never had I've never had to deal with it. Yeah. What else? You Mike, got? do you ever uh, do you ever feel like you don't know in talking about what you're talking about? Do you ever feel like you or didn't at one point? Maybe not now, but. Do you or did you ever feel like you didn't know where Rocky or Sly ended and Mike kind of began? Did did they did they at one point ever kind of become one thing where you couldn't turn off? No, 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 no. Everybody thinks that. I think my parents think that. My brother definitely thinks that. Sue thinks that way. People who don't, and those are the people that know me and love me the best. You know, um, no. Um, Every single moment a Stallone comes out, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's walking on a, on a tour at the grocery store, if Stallone comes out, I'm affecting it with one exception. Alcohol. Sometimes when I meet new people and they, there is, uh, I feel like such a tool when I say this, I'm sorry guys, but in my mind, I think when people know what I do for a living, there is a expectation that must be met. And I feel Mike Kunda looks nothing like Rocky Balboa, doesn't sound anything like Rocky Balboa or Stallone. So I must, in order to not be a failure in their eyes, I don't care if I'm a failure in their eyes. I don't care. I just would prefer if I first impressions are everything. So I affect a bit of a Stallone-esque whatever. And alcohol can sometimes, if you have too much of it, blur. But that's alcohol. That That's not... <clears throat> it, it's like when you go to the if you're at a grocery store and you meet an Elvis impersonator, you're sizing that Elvis impersonator up. You're saying... Are the mutton chops right? Is he got dyed hair? Is it black hair? Does he making the movement? How does he say thank you very much? Like you're you're sizing them up. And I think people do that to me all the time. My wife says I'm crazy. My father says, well, maybe you got a point there. And my mother is somewhere in between. She's like, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Who cares what they think? And ultimately she's right. I mean, who, who does care? But uh, no, I when I do it, it's done because I want to do it. Yeah. No, but I know who I am. I, I believe me. Yeah. I, I know who I am uh, getting away from the impersonations and adopting beliefs and so on. No, no, I'm a very different person than Sylvester Stallone. 
I, I, we don't share um, a lot of the same things and we share some very comparable things. Um, yeah. You know, well, so hopefully that answers I your question. Because I'm sure, I think that's what people don't get. I think yeah. a lot of people are probably like, yeah, this guy just walks 24 hours a day thinking he's Rocky. I wanted people to, you know, to know that you don't think you're that 24 hours a day, seven days a no, week. No, no. We had a funny thing that happened in the kitchen about two weeks ago. I was telling Sue a story that had happened about something. And on, I, I guess I affected a Stallone thing in my speech pattern. And I, so if there's any credibility, if my wife watches this and she goes, oh no, you turned into Stallone and you said you didn't know you were doing it. I guess she would be right. I didn't think I was doing a Stallone thing. She thought I was, but I don't know. Maybe she was just, you know, picking on me. Who knows? Yeah. I think we're, I think there's a unique thing there. I think what you just said, Mike, um, and why it's not as, and, and probably why you feel misunderstood sometimes. And like when some people make fun of you, you wish they knew how you really felt. And I think what you just Mm. said uh, explained it without you realizing you were explaining it, which is even if you say something that sounds like Stallone a little bit, or you moved somewhere a little bit like Rocky, they notice it, but you're not aware of it. So if you're not aware of it, who cares? Right. It's like, I don't know that I'm doing this, this like, you know what I can relate it to? And I always relate everything to my world, which is stand up. Uh, when a comedian and I'm, and, and it happens fast when a comedian, this is when it's the worst, when a comedian is opening for another guy that might have any, as like, if, if I work with Sebastian Maniscalco for like, I remember once I opened for him for like 15 shows in a week at the Gotham comedy club. And I had to stop watching him. Because I started talking, I'm like, all right. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You just accidentally do it because you watch it so much and you're hearing it and that it absorbs. Uh, And uh, I, you know, comedians know to be successful, you have to be your own thing. So you don't want to sound like somebody else. So I go, I'm just going to stand in the other room while Sebastian's on because I don't want to, I don't want it to absorb into me. So see that's perfect. Yeah. So you don't know you're doing it. Everybody else sees these mannerisms every once in a while, but, and that's why you get misunderstood. You, it's like they need to know, like there should be a shirt you're wearing. goes, I don't even fucking know I'm doing it. Like I just, I just love this character and I watch it a lot. So it, it just naturally happens. I'm not trying to do it. No, no, no. To to your point, if I try to do it, like I'll do it for a podcast, because again, I think people would like an expectation of some type of a Rocky esque Mm -hmm. play on the thing from me. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in a, in a much larger point that I guess goes against everything I just said in support of myself, think about everyone's life experiences. Everything you experience in life makes you who you are. Right. So, if you, uh, I'll say, uh, I want to say something, but it's too dark. If no, you have a not. negative, say experience, it, say it. <laughs> so if you have a negative experience, let's mm-hmm. say you went to, I don't know, the YMCA day camp as a kid and you got touched by the counselors. Right. You're going to have 
a thing that has affected you that's going to change your perception on life. Sure. And so that's going to then take you down a road that you normally wouldn't have gone. You, you see what I'm saying? Sure. It could be, I, I'm saying life affects all of us. So if uh, I got a brother-in-law who collects uh, World War II artifacts and he's got Nazi uh, stuff, like he collects the, the little medals that the Nazis had given out. He's not a Nazi. The guy is the most open, loving guy I've ever met. He's a wonderful guy. But it's a weird, to me, like I look at that as like, I don't get that. Like, why do I want? this stuff right I, I don't understand it but that's because i'm not him i didn't grow up the way that he did i didn't i he was into military from a young kid so once i understood that then i said ah i get it he's into hunting he's he's really good with his hands so it it, it all goes into our life experiences and i really don't think there's anything wrong with it it no. just influences everything we do well think about it it's like this this is an easy way to put it. If you went and lived in England for three mm -hmm. straight months, you'd start to get a British accent. There's no way around exactly. it. Did you ever hear exactly. Johnny Depp speak? He speaks like he's <laughs> from Europe and it's because he lives yeah. there now. It's where he spends right. most of his time. So exactly. if you're watching Madonna, Rock, if you give Rocky, Anderson, they did it. Yeah, if you if you give Rocky tours and you watch Rocky a lot, because you love it, um, and it's just accidentally going to um, absorb. So it's like for people to know, like, hey, I'm not even aware of it. I'm not trying to put it on. Yeah. I'm not some weirdo right. who's like, Let I'm going to be rocky right now. It just yeah. actually <laughs> happens on its own subliminally. Do, do you aware of that? No, no, because it's not subliminal. If I put it on, I'm doing it. I'm, no, but I, what, I, I what I'm trying to say is when you're doing it, you're really doing it. But when you're yeah. not doing it, sometimes it can accidentally slip in because there is it's absorbed. It's sometimes right, it's a body. I, I always want to do it. I always want to do it. So no, but I, I, that's what I wanted <laughs> you, you know to be mean? aware. I think it might be good for you to be aware. And why your wife yeah. says that or your dad might right, say right, it, or right. your mom might yeah. say it is you. We know you so well that when you do a mannerism that mm -hmm. is semi Sylvester Stallone like we notice it and but you aren't trying Good. to do it I'm saying when no, you're no, not no, no, doing no, no. it I am trying I am trying that's but, what I'm saying but there's times when you're not trying and I and you and it naturally mm. happens I'm always uh, the only thing I can say Joe is I'm always <laughs> trying <laughs> really but it, I, I'm not lying to you it's my choice it I swear to God it's my choice like I, I know <laughs> almost never to do it in front of my wife because she will call me on she it. Nails doing a Stallone thing, doing a Stallone thing. Really? I like, uh, see. I see that. All right. See, I didn't know this. This is what needs yeah. to be in the in the in the pilot episode, yeah. by the way. Because that's, see, I, I that's like funny. That. I like doing it. I like doing it. But at the same time, I understand there's a mental brokenness that would be attached to my name by my family and friends so i do try really hard not to but sometimes i just love having fun with it and if nobody well, likes it then everybody can go leave me alone and i'll just act like rocky in my rocky room and i'll be very very happy <laughs> so are you telling me there's time we, we love it mike we love it is there ever a time where they say you did it and you didn't realize you did it i 
to be honest, Joe. And then when they say you did it, you go, oh, shit, yeah, I did. You don't, that you didn't realize. They call you on it, and now you realize. Right. They're very rarely. They call me on it all the time, but I know I'm doing it. I've okay. done it. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? It's like my brother has karaoke night at his house, like before COVID, right? So he built a bar, a bar, a pub in his house, and it's awesome. Anyways, we go over there, and he's got the disco ball with the lights and the big speakers going, and you having a couple of drinks. Eye of the Tiger is the only song I sing at karaoke at his house. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Are you? Come on. So Not okay. Take Me Back? That no, isn't in the no. that isn't in the repertoire. <laughs> no, no, easy way no that, I would absolutely get my ass handed to me if I sang "Take You Back." <laughs> my sister in law Debbie is so funny; she'll just roll her eyes when I do Rocky shit. It's hysterical. She, Debbie has my number. All my sister in laws, my brother in laws, everybody knows what I'm all about. But again, I I love doing it, but it's I'm very aware. I I'd say. If five times in 40 years I've done it and I wasn't aware of it, that might be a lot. All right, Anthony, for the rest of the podcast, if we see Mike do something that reminded us of something Stallone or Rocky like, we'll we, 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 we got to call it out. If we see it. Oh, no. he it Throughout that whole conversation, I didn't see it. So maybe he's right. Maybe he, he controls it. Of course. It. it was Mike Kunda <laughs> talking to you or guys. Mike Kunda, that's right. That's now... Right. Now I might go, Joe, I don't understand what you're saying. Really? Give me a break. There's no Stallone thing here. Jesus Christ. What do you think I'm talking about? I got a brother who doesn't want to respect me. I got my wife who doesn't care. I'll pay out. That's, but that's full Rocky right there. I'm yeah, talking. Yeah. Sometimes there's 5% Rocky that I think you might not be aware but, of. But, but if you're telling me you are, then I, I, I'll I'm take aware. I believe you. You're a very honest person. You don't lie. Yeah, it's the maybe it's maybe it's the right. Maybe it's like one word, one hand gesture that you just yeah. I didn't, you know. Who well, you know, Anthony, small, that's very small. Anthony, that's a good point. And again, we haven't made this about me enough right now. So what I'd like to do is finish <laughs> this and get back on the Joe. He doesn't so, like this. Because it's a little too much of me. So we got to balance it back to Joe. But I do want to say this. <laughs> That's right. It's old place things. So, but honestly, it's also about marketing, especially the last 10 years of my life. Whenever I do, like right now, this is all Mike. This is just me, okay? Yeah. But when I do a lot of these podcasts. Hey, right there. There. <laughs> all right, now listen. Don't want to get on the Joe here. So. <laughs> Sorry. It's about advertising. I always want to, when people see an interview with me or whatever, I want to say, up the Rocky guy, up the Rocky guy, up the Rocky guy, because I may get hired for a tour or a gig. And it might be just that subtleness of Stallone slash Rocky. You see, it's going to be in their mind like a baby that's never born. It's always going to be a pregnant thought in their mind. And when they want it, I'm there because there are other guys that do Rocky. I don't think they do it as well as I do anywhere close as good as I do it. But like Sylvester says, it's an interpretation that we all do. And I think my interpretation works maybe a little bit more universally. But anyways, there's a reason to why I do what I do 100% of the time. So please move on to Joe so I can get out of Rocky mode.
<laughs> All right, well, let's focus on Joe now. This is a <laughs> this is a non-related Rocky question for Joe. Okay, so uh, now back to me. So yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you have faced some ridicule in your career in stand-up. Uh, I did see this one clip just the other day of you in Michigan one night at a fundraising show, and you were being heckled. But in a documentary I saw about that clip, you said uh, that you didn't, you didn't lose it at that point, that you kept smiling while you were on stage. You were being heckled, but you kept smiling, and you pushed forward. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I saw that as a moment of growth. I mean, I, do you agree? I don't know if you agree. Like, uh, to me, I took that as maybe in well, your career in the past, maybe you wouldn't have, but, but well, you the did. Har- the hard- can you elaborate on that experience sure. a little bit more? Like what it was like coming out on top of that with a smile on your face? Uh, well, this is a complicated question because, you know, it's, a, it's layered. It's layered. Now I'm going to start being Rocky. It's layered. Uh, it's very, it's very, um, there's worse very, things. I'm There's very, worse. I'm very reluctant to answer this and um, very appreciative of Anthony asking me this. <laughs> what if I just started doing accidental <laughs> rocking? What if both of us? We're like bookends. Anthony's in the middle and Anthony just puts a gun in his mouth and blows his brains out and it's That's over. It. It's <laughs> over right now. It just says, what if we got next next podcast, we should try to do one where like you're Rocky five kill. the whole time and I'm like Rocky four. Like we got to try to nail a specific Rocky because they are slightly <laughs> different each one. Smart Rocky. Uh, uh, so... Back to your question. So, you know, it was weird because that was a gr- you you said it, it was a growth moment, right? Because I used to have yeah. an anger problem. What's odd is, and I think people could relate to this, which is it's like why you go to therapy and why you keep coming back to therapy. You can have a great moment where you handle something really well. And then the next day it happens again and you handle it completely incorrectly and you're and you're in trouble again so that wasn't i wasn't on medication back then that was just one i think it helped because my friend was with me we were doing the gig together and he was there laughing at me shitting on all these people the whole time so i just kept fucking shitting on them but i'll tell you what through the beauty of editing it's all not there in the clip like i was in trouble after that set i remember the guy the guy who owned the club, the club's out of business now, so I can say it. He was pretty, like, if you were to make a movie about, like, you've seen these movies where they'll show, like, like what a comedy club, if you were going to use a, make a comedy club owner in a movie, you're not going to make them look great, right? Like, the stereotypical comedy club owner is probably, you know, half in the mob, you know, kind of shifty, doing illegal shit having sex with his waitresses, telling the comedians to not flirt with them so he can fuck them. Like, all that shit is going on in the movie. And this guy, like, I know his, I think his brother was a professional field goal kicker. And that's why, if you, that place was called the Kicker's Complex. I still remember that. I think this guy's brother was the place kicker for the Lions at one point or something. And I should know the name. It was like some of course, really long name. You know, those kickers always have the long name that goes around, goes from shoulder to shoulder on the jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
the guy called me in the office after that set. And I remember, and I was like, this is full, as I call Mike, I'll tell Mike, full angry Joe, no meds. I go, dude, I'll get on a fucking plane and fly home tomorrow and you'll have nobody. So, like, I don't know what the fuck you want to do. I don't give a shit about your place. Like, I just, I was a dick right back to him because he was a dick to me because he didn't police the thing. They were just a fucking nightmare. And every time I ever went to this gig, they were a nightmare. It was like an always nightmare. (laughs) And just like we talked about earlier, one of the episodes where you got to go back to the gigs again, I'd have to do that gig every year. And I... It didn't even have a green room. You'd have to sit in the fucking audience and watch the whole show. It was like it was like one of those gigs where like if you ordered a chicken sandwich, they charge a full price. It was just like fucking blue. I hated that place. And yeah, uh, yeah so you think it looks like I made progress. Like I said, I, I chopped off the ending probably where I got a little nastier and got more off. Because I, I remember before I was on meds, Someone would be heckling me or having a complete conversation in the audience, and I would ignore them for the full 45 minutes to an hour that I'd be performing. And then that angry fucking Italian guy would come out right at the end. I'd be like, all right, folks, I'm done. I remember doing this once. I go, I'm done, but uh, just want to just want to say a little honesty here. See this guy over here? He's been fucking talking the whole fucking... And then I would just start fucking... I, they had, I remember they had to shut the mic off. Wow. And I got fired. Wow. I just started fucking. I did a full hour. I was done. All I had to do is walk off. It's just like when I was. a. I, I don't know if this was in our play where I went to a bowling alley when I was younger with this girl I was dating. And my friend was with her friend who he was dating. And they were, they were kind of hot, these girls. Right. And there was a bunch of guys at the bowling alley saying shit right to our right to the girls we were with. Like nice tits. They were just saying shit. And I pulled the correct move, which was, let's leave. This is, you know, we were like 17, 18 at the time. I go, let's get out of here. We don't need this. This isn't fun. Totally mature. Then I get into the parking lot and I fucking went, motherfucker. Let's fuck that. And I went back in and the guy beat the fucking shit out of me. Just started. I mean, it was like a scene in in Rocky where he's losing. I'm getting pounded on the ground, and no, it was like that scene in Days and Confused where the kid goes, "I'm gonna get in the fight because they're gonna break it up." No, no one broke it up. All his kid, oh. all this guy's friends got around it, so no one could break it up. But yeah. he just, it oh, was like, I was, it was like a guy from the suburbs fighting somebody from the inner city. You know, in the suburbs, the, you know, it's just a couple of pushes. <laughs> this kid's just. Wailing on me, I have bruises all behind my head, on my yeah. neck. I'm just Joe's wearing pastel, and he's getting beat up with a guy wearing leather. It was crazy. Exactly, ass kicked, and like that—that that is a—that is a lesson that I try to keep in my head, and I don't yeah. have that next tier of snap anymore. Now that I take uh, antidepressants, now that I medicate it, because uh, like I said, there was always levels. But there was always something that was a little brewing underneath. And if the wrong thing happened, you didn't know if it was going to come out. If that makes sense. Does that even answer the question? Um, Yeah. But, you know, that's the only... I used to have about three or four heckling clips on YouTube. That one has like five million views, the one you're talking about. And uh, that's the only one I left up there. 
I took a bunch of other ones down because I was like, this is look, making it look like people don't realize that this happens once in a while. It's not, it, But if you have like five clips of you dealing with hecklers, it looks like you Every lose night. the room. And you know what's even fun, more interesting now that I'm on meds and I don't have the anger anymore? No one ever fucking shits on me. Like they don't ever come. It's like they know. You know what I mean? It's like when yeah. a guy <laughs> eludes confidence and he gets hot girls all the time, even though he's not attractive. It just yeah. it just oozes out of you and it just happens. So now it's just like. It, it never goes wrong because they'd literally have to come up on stage, take the mic out of my hand and start punching me in the face a few times before I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and even then, I think I might be like, dude, you got to you got to chill out. Like, I'd probably talk them out of what's instead of being like yeah, crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, now that you say that, I probably should take that one offline too. take the five million one down. Even though I'm I'm saying funny stuff to those people, the level of camera work is so Very bad too. Stuff. That that clip's so old; it looks like it's in like, uh, like what do we have? 1080p now. It's like 6p. Yeah, yeah it was a little grainy. It was a little grainy. That that is funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Did that, did that uh, answer you your question? Meet? How did you guys meet? How did you learn about each other? And, and uh, singles at. Decide to do this podcast. The same way you found out about uh, Mike and then this show, I one of my super fans had told me, I think, about Mike's uh, documentary. And then uh, I was scrolling through Amazon Prime and it popped on there. And I went, oh, this is that this is that documentary that my friend, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, Ron Poliquin, um said uh check out this documentary and then he goes you should have him on your podcast and i go reach out to him he, he, he loved he used to love to get me guests he got me chuck wepner on my old show and he got me he got me mike he got uh jimmy, jimmy gambino on my show like he used he loves to reach out and try to get guests that he think would be good on the show so yeah. uh he actually i think made you mad at one point mike i think he mentioned to me once that uh because he's he's Republican, I think he gave you some sort of uh, political shit on Twitter, <laughs> and you were Probably. like, you you <laughs> you unfollowed him fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I, I I want nothing to do with those people. Now, hey, Ron. Yeah, I got nothing left to say about Republicans. Ron's good Ron, luck. Ron's good luck. Ron's a good guy. He's like you know, he's like my dad. Okay. Like my, my dad's yeah. my dad's the kind of guy like you could ignore his political views because the guy's good well joe i will take your word for it if you're saying ron's a good guy oh he's a then, super uh, great guy dude the guy slept yeah. overnight at my house i mean do you think i'd let him sleep overnight at my house no he's, I he's mean, a very sounds, good guy he's coming yeah. to my, he's coming to my show son, tomorrow night him and well, like cool. three of our three of our uh Three of our uh, uh, Patreon fans are coming to the live show, and I think I think one of them, uh, I think Stacy bought the virtual ticket. I think she's Good coming to the virtual show. That's awesome. I wish I was going. You were supposed to go. You know what I was? You're supposed to be on stage. I'm taking. Yeah, I'm taking over. I have another. I had a question for you because I started thinking if we end up really trying to raise some money to shoot shoot the. Uh, 
the first episode of the our, our, our idea and then turn it into more episodes like what because i it just hit me i'm like why did i never why didn't i think of this on the live zoom one of the easiest ways to raise money for a comedian <laughs> is do a show <laughs> charge to come and watch the show and use all the money for the, what you uh it's a fundraiser for the project so i was thinking what yeah. kind of show can mike and i do what can mike do what can what can mike mc to, you want to mc it i told you i was up for a job at legends at, at, in Atlantic City, remember Legends? No, what was Legends? Yeah. Yeah. Legends is the Blues Brothers, Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, Madonna, mm -hmm. Blues Brothers. They they do the the lookalikes okay. in the casino. There's right. a ballroom in the casino, right? And they put a show and on, they, right? Yeah, yeah. They put a show on, and what's uh, Rock, Rocky dance? <laughs> what's he do? That's what I said. I said <laughs> I can't I can't, I, I can't sing or dance. What am I gonna do? So the the people involved reached out to my manager, Chris Wiseman. Oh, sorry, just not my table. They he, they reached out to my manager, Chris Wiseman, and they wanted me to come down to for an interview to be an MC. So, you that know, I had the hat and the coat. That could totally work with some Rocky. Yeah. Well, you know, you know why they said it? You know why? I mean, I don't know if our listeners or viewers would realize this, but you should know this. Atlantic City gets a huge Philadelphia um, yeah. audience there because it's only yeah. 45 minutes from Philadelphia yeah. and South Jersey where they live and breathe, you know, all the Rocky movies. So Rocky oh, God, in yeah. Atlantic City isn't like having Rocky MC the legend show in uh, like Oklahoma. No, where, where's that strip? Branson, where, Missouri. Yeah, Branson. Yeah, you're not in Branson. Could you imagine? With a cowboy hat on. Yeah, <laughs> Rhinestone. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Crapstone. No, so, but it didn't work out because at the time I was in Harrisburg and it would be three hours to drive out. It would be at night, like third shift, and they wouldn't put me up in a hotel or anything like that. And then I'd have to drive back home. So you see, I'm working eight hours, driving six hours. That's no life. They wouldn't the put you up? Okay. No. Mm -mm. If, the, if if it was a hit show, you would have had like they would have had you would have had a room. You could have lived in the casino while you were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. There are things I can do online uh, or on, on stage. If well, all you had to do is say that to me. I would have said, how about you um, MC my Valentine show? You, yeah. Now, see, late that, now, that but could, you could have did it. Yeah, that could work. And I, and I think in but the you future, would do it as Rocky. Esque. <laughs> I would do it Rocky esque. <laughs> hilarious. What would you it, it wear? Would be, what would you wear? It would be the hat and the coat. There would be something. I don't know if it, it would depend on time of year, indoors, outdoors, or whatever. But it would be an amalgamation of Rocky that would work. And people will get the idea that I'm e either someone from like Long Island who was kicked in the head by a horse <laughs> on a field trip to a working farm and I never recovered. Or I'm just like a big Rocky fan. So well, where's your where's your biggest where's your biggest fan base where you think you could sell the most tickets to a live show if we were to do one to try to raise Honestly, money for this? The UK and Australia. Well, thousands. <laughs> that up costs us so much money to get there. Eh, come on, what's money? How big of a money. how big of a show could you? How many how many tickets could you sell in the UK or Australia if you were doing like something? Are you serious? Uh, That's how big the fan maybe, base is? Well, what's big? 
you know, big, I mean, bigger what, than Philadelphia. Yeah, because nobody cares in Philly because Rocky's entwined. Rocky is part of the ether. They can take Rocky on their own. Okay. But in the UK, you see Rocky's not there. They, True. they, they have a when the the you people from the UK or Australia take a Rocky tour, it's a it's it's a different experience. It's like going being an ultimate Elvis fan and I going to Graceland and standing in the jungle room. And and you're like, oh wow, there's so much built yes. up in your <laughs> brain about it. And and it's not anything that has to do with me. I don't have fans. What I represent has millions of fans, but those fans can't really access Stallone or the Rocky world, but there's access to me. So uh, again, I'm going to sound like a tool bag here, but I can definitely channel that type of energy. And I think they enjoy that. So yeah, I think if it was a UK type of thing, I think via word of mouth um, and people who knew the, yeah, I I think a couple hundred tickets, maybe 500 tickets I could sell that. I don't consider that a lot. But I think that's what I could, you that's, know. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good amount, and a lot easier to go. Where in the UK would you say you're talking? Ireland, Scotland, London, where? Uh, like Manchester, Birmingham. I know I have a lot of like people in. I stay in contact with people in Birmingham. Um, have you ever been there? No, I was supposed to go several times, and I, I didn't go. I, I got. Um, when the pretender went over there and won a bunch of awards, I was supposed to go, but I was too afraid to fly. Jim was so mad. He wanted me to go, but they went for a whole week and they met a lot of people that have taken my tours, came out to the premieres in, in uh, Manchester and so on. And, um, I was, I got uh, hired to be, I was supposed, I got twice. I was asked to go to an evening with Stallone, uh, in the UK where you go to pay money, you have dinner with Sly, like he's up on stage and he tells all these great stories. Uh, I was going to work the cocktail hour as Rocky. So, and then there's like this thing where they sell Stallone the day before goes into a room where all these paintings are that artists have done Rambo knives, replica, Rocky hats, hundreds of things. And he's signing them for an auction. This is how they make money. And, um, they were going to bring me into the room where I would Sly would be there and Sly knows me. And so I'm like, hey, what are you doing with this guy here? Huh? I thought I was the only one. And he'd be like, what are you? So it would be a big, like, oh my God, like, wow, you guys brought Mike over for the Rocky thing. And it would have been a whole, th- and gotcha. I was going to do it. I was going to fly. But at the last minute, both times Stallone, the date got changed and I already had booked tours double tours every day for the entire week I would have been in the UK and I had to make a decision, cancel all that and get bad word of mouth and hey, people on TripAdvisor saying this guy's an asshole. He canceled to go hang out with Stallone. So I couldn't do it. Johnny, I, I had to think of my business first. Johnny, over, Johnny overthinker. <laughs> I, well, I you know. would have told him, you, Hey guys, sorry, we're going to have to, sorry, but like, like that's how it is with comedy too. Like if you're like yeah. doing some firehouse gig, for 1200 bucks on and on the calendar like in the contract it's in there like listen if i get a part in a fucking movie i'm sorry but i'm not doing the firehouse gig you know like yeah, yeah. sometimes you gotta yeah we're not there yet we're not there yet mike but i would love to be able to you know that sounds like that was a one in, as uh as john rivoli would say one in a million right 
One, yeah, what was this po- picture called? One in a million. It might One have been in a, a million. If anything were Sylvester Stallone and you were in the same room, you drop everything to go do it. I did, but no, no, no. But see, that's the thing. I did. The first two times they asked me, there were two a year, two years back to back. They asked me, and I mm. did. I blocked off my schedule for right. two weeks when they because they weren't sure. Next and, time and, you cancel, and then, I don't care. You cancel everything that's on. Yeah, the I, I can't take the hit. Though I can't do that. As much as I love Stallone, and as much as I want to be there, I value my business over. But they would have under, they would have understood that. I don't know that people are assholes. I don't know that people would have understood. You start writing. I got excellent reviews on TripAdvisor. You know how many years it took me to get 350 excellent reviews? I hear you. Nobody's hear you. got excellent reviews. One excellent review can sink you. I, it's not worth it. I've right. already had time with Sly. To me, it's not worth it. I I would love to hang with him more and and, and, and have a great time. And that, that of, might happen. You had a lot of video clips out of that, that experience. <laughs> You could have made a whole documentary just about the trip. I, I milked that cow till it was like a jujubee, until there was nothing left. <laughs> it started off as an 800-pound cow, and I milked the shit out of it. Seriously. That was amazing videos. When was the first time you, you met him, Mike? Well, um, well, I saw that video. The 90s. Where, the 90s? Yeah. It was uh, on my birthday. I hate these earphones you guys have any recommendations on good earphones this one keeps popping up i don't use you i don't use earphones when i do the podcast i have it coming out of my speakers but the the ones that i have are these these cheap ones but they're great yeah you look like princess leia um (laughs) (laughs) they are nice looking nice soft things on the side those are really those are real deal those are a real deal yeah but see yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess they don't look too bad. Well, anyways, um, so the first time really that I, I met him was uh, in the 90s when he was filming Copland. Um, he was at Planet Hollywood for lunch, and it was on my birthday, and my wife had arranged the whole thing. None of us knew he was going to be there. So that was the first time. And then I saw him in Atlantic City a few months after that, and then he did a book signing. And so, you know, th- there was a whole bizarre set of circumstances, but I probably probably spoke to him probably about, two dozen times of which he remembers the last 15. He probably doesn't remember the early stuff. Yeah. That, that, that video you have where you're talking to him, was it on the set of Rocky Balboa? Uh, yeah. It's right outside of the Victor cafe. Um, it yeah. was in between that, the- that, that scene was where Rocky meets Drago in the restaurant. Everybody right. thinks they filmed that at night. They filmed that at a, in the daytime and they wrapped a black, canvas around the building to block out the sunlight so that scene was during the daylight and then they filmed pickups shots to make you think it's at night and in the middle of the day sly had uh he'd gone out to take a break for about 45 minutes as he's smoking a cigar and well that's how that all went down is that the what people don't what people don't know is no, 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 no. We had conversations before that. I had been to his 60th birthday dinner and we had been standing outside the Victor Cafe in July of 06. And we had a, a, a conversation that really, really began to change the me being on his radar. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, damn it. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, go ahead. Anthony. So um, yes. we're running kind of long on time. So yeah. um, is there 
a most important question that you have left and maybe one more that you wanted Mike and I to answer together. So, something cuz Yeah, I got we, one more for the both. I was going to say that's, good. Yeah, cuz let's try to only it, yeah. let's try to do about 5 more minutes. Yeah, I got, got one more for the both of you. And we'll end it here. Um what has kept the both of you punching? You both have come down long roads and they weren't easy roads. Uh, especially yeah. Mike with what you do, how you started, uh, doing what you were doing. Like I said, you know, probably a lot of ridicule, uh, and this and that, but what has kept you both motivated to overcome and, and keep going to be where you guys are today? How, how did that all happen? Cause it's inspirational. Uh, like really, in, in my opinion, uh, it it's, it's inspirational. Joe, you go, you go first, Joe. Well, I have a feeling that you and I might have the same answer if you really think about it. Um, I think there's two things. Two, one is, um, I think it's what Mike would say it too. I mean, I think it's what we're meant to do, what we're doing. Um, it, I knew, I started loving um, performing when I, I have video of me when I'm four years old performing in front of the whole family and, and it hasn't stopped since then. I, I love performing. I love, I'm needy. I need to talk to strangers. Um, like I said earlier. And I think at the, that just being meant to do something mixed with, <laughs> and they don't seem to say it or do it as much anymore in, creative careers which is um not have a backup plan but when i was coming up as a comedian i can remember if someone was a comedian and they had a career even the guys that i started open mic with open mic with like if they had like they were on the road to something that like they they graduated college they have a, have a possibility to become like a lawyer or something like that usually those were the guys that um they didn't always uh, do as well as the guys that were just like, this is what I'm doing. I have, I'm not trying to do anything else. Like, I don't have a job. Um, the guys that did, once it got hard, they quit. Um, I stunk really bad, but I didn't know I was bad when I was coming up. All the comedians hated me because I was bad. Like, bad to the point where comedians would be like, what the fuck? You know, like this guy's a fucking hack. Holy shit. <laughs> you know? And, um, but I just really, I had no backup plan. Like I, I, I had no other thing that I was really good at. And for some reason that whispering voice in my head was going, this is what you're good at. You're good at this. They like yeah. you. You're, you're even the first, I think the second open mic I did, some guy said to me, you got great stage presence up there. Like that meant I was going to be Eddie Murphy. Like to me, when I heard him say that and, um, and I realized now 30 years into comedy and, and, and I used to teach comedy. It was really hard to teach somebody how to be commanding, how to be, uh, what's the word I want to use? Um, like there's just certain guys that the charisma to have charisma to, to 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 be really enjoying the performance and the crowd knowing that he's having the time of his life while he's up there right now and yeah, yeah there's that and then there's probably my wife 
is a big piece too is is she's pushing me and she's had to stop if i ever thought i was going to try to do a different thing in my because my career was like stuttering she's just like you're gonna no like i be i think once i said maybe i should get my real estate license because i see a lot of people doing that on the side and she'll be like no you're not doing that that's all commission anyway there's no way you're doing that um so she kind of guides me if i ever start to feel really shitty and and beaten up by the job but the older i get the more i realize if there's any parts of it that you don't like you can when you really just start going towards the exact thing that you know you like to do um you don't even think about throwing in the damn towel you know what i mean you don't you just don't you just like like working with mike now and like him, him and i like writing a play and wanting to turn it into some sort of um tv type scripted thing i'm like that's what i want to do and i don't i'll i'll do that for free like i don't care you know what i mean and i've always been that way i just i just do it is that a good end mike a beautiful end it was i I concur beautiful end i I agree uh in uh (laughs) mr mclean by the way, Sylvester was up for that role ahead of time, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. So, so whatever. So, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. For me, what keeps me going is the fact that I love this character so much. I invested so much of my life in this character, and now people want to hear what I say when it has to do with this character. My friendship with Stallone, the 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 conversations. Can I stop he, you for we, one second? Yeah, I like what you just said because I wish I said that too. I've invested so much time in it. I have 30 years in. Yeah. It's like once you like you have a passion and you put that much time into it. If you quit like that was all for no reason. You can't quit. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I I don't even think you need to say that because being a comedian that I just think obviously we see you're not like 19 years old now. So we know you you're. You're a grown man and you've dedicated your life. I, I always, that's one of the things I always admired about you, Joe, is the fact that you you have stuck with it so long. You've invested, to, totally right. invested. And I, I think when you time. invest- There's so much money and time yeah. and, and the skills Heartache. there. It's like, what are you going to do? Throw that skill away that you know how to go up in front of audiences and, and perform? What yeah. was it all for? And it's a tough one. What, what was all the failure and all the the success, the challenges and the opportunities? What was it all for that you sacrificed uh, to go sell fucking houses? For what? Like, if it's taken away from you and there was absolutely no way you were ever going to do it again, well, then that's a different story. Then you gotta then you gotta go get another job, and that's life. That just sucks. But we're not there, and I think that philosophy Iraqi just moving forward it isn't about how hard life hit, how hard you can hit it's about how hard life hits you how you keep moving forward through life maybe you're never going to be a CEO of a of a top 100 company maybe you're not going to be the greatest rock star in the world or or the greatest actor or the president of the United States maybe maybe you could just be the best in your own life and if you can be the best in your world not the world that's enough for me. And so when I look around the room that I'm in now, I see the wins and the losses that I have. And when I 
am very insecure, which is more times than not, I say, look what you did. At least you did that. Maybe you could do this if you try. So it just, it's really just that rocky optimism. Yeah, totally agree, guys. And uh, thanks to you two, this was, uh, this was my win. So it was amazing. Really, nice. thank you, guys. Well, uh, we we wish you good luck, and you better uh, you better do your podcast, Anthony. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna do my best for sure, guys. Like for sure. like you said at the beginning, it's like it's too easy to 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 do. So why not do it? It's not hard. Yeah. And don't worry about the fan base and the money. Don't even worry about that. Just um, yeah. just enjoy it, and th- and just think in your head, what do I really want to do with this and then just do that. Don't think about anything else. Just yeah. try to, it, it is hard because it's an evolution. You you learn exactly what you want to do by doing. So you might not know right away. Like, what do I do? What am I good at? What, but you need, you need to be swinging, you know, like you can't sit at home. You yeah. gotta, you gotta do it. Do yeah, the work. For sure. I took a big swing today, guys. I took a big swing today. I appreciate the both of you. It was so nice meeting you guys. Yeah, and I, lo- I look forward <laughs> to you, play- playing a little tennis with you sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anthony, it. thank you very much. I appreciate it, and, and you're welcome, and thank you for thank saying you all guys. the nice things. Really appreciate it. Of course. Anytime. Hopefully, we can uh, we'll see each other again. All right, man. You got it, buddy. See all you, right, man. guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Oh, hold on a second. Let me do one thing, please. What do you want to do? I see you guys do it all the time. This is how I'm going to sign out. Guys, keep. (laughs) Ah, There he goes. Keep punching. Keep punching. Keep punching. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, man. Take it easy. Enjoy your day. Thanks. You too, guys. Our little uh, inspirational takeaway ending from Pretender yeah. to Contender. Uh, so we let uh, we let Anthony interview us. So I'm right. I'm curious what you what you would be your uh, what would be your takeaway from uh, being interviewed and 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 letting him have his cool little moment there and hopefully uh, pursue something that he really has an inner voice telling him to do. So what would be your takeaway? Joe, I got to tell you. A thing I suffer with is finding my own value in the world. And it just goes to show you, someone is always listening. Someone's always listening. And Anthony was listening to us. He listened to you, he listened to me. And now, well, you all heard it. You you heard what he said. And, and to me, that's a little reminder. And it's also a wake-up call to... To say, listen, if one person is listening to you, maybe somebody else is listening. So keep reaching out. Keep doing what you're doing. No matter how much success I've had in my life, I'm always thinking it's not success. It's just the way that I am. And a guy like Anthony, I think, asked me a few things that led us down conversations that I had to say things out loud that I don't normally say out loud. And when I heard myself say, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Remember that next time. So, thanks, Anthony. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that made. Uh, that's exactly how uh, I felt, and 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 when you just saying it made me feel it again, which is that, and not only 
to elaborate on what you said, if one person's listening, think about who else could be listening. How about if you just in your in your mindset know if I made a difference for one person, that's enough. Like that's all I really want to do is yeah is be making a difference and helping people. And I remember not to pat myself on the back here, but I guess I am going to for a second. My dad. Yeah, yeah. I remember my dad was on a, I did a podcast once and someone was interviewing me and my, my dad was on the phone and the guy asked my dad a question like, what are you, are, you know, are you proud of your son? Cause he's done all these accomplishments. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, my dad said, I'm, yeah, Joe's done some great things. He goes, I'm more proud of the man he's become and how good of a person he is. And like that touched me. And when, when, when Anthony said that we made a difference and we made him reach out like that. Yeah. When most times when people interview me, they go, what is your favorite thing about being a comedian? I said, it's those rare moments and most of the time it's just one person coming up after a show saying you know i lost my husband or i lost my wife and yeah. i haven't i haven't laughed in so long and thank you like when you get that that honest thank yeah. you it's like oh my god yeah you know and uh, i kind of live my life like that and i try right. to do, i try to do it as much as i can now even if it's just holding the door for somebody and like holding the door for the second person who's coming up and not being like, see you like, just like, yeah. One of the reasons that this private school that my son's going to Fordham prep that he's about to start next year, their motto is huge. When you walk in to the school, it says do for, uh, do for other be, I think it's, <laughs> this is bad that I don't have it exact because it's an all boys school. Be a man for others like that it's about it's not about yeah. you it's about others yeah. and and when you right. live like that you you don't get anxious you don't get depressed you're always happy you ever notice that when you're like yeah. you're yeah. just like doing something for somebody you're like this feels so good i just even like making a meal for people like i i, I love that my oh, son I had his fr- yeah i love it so that was so helpful to help him to let him do that so it'll be fun to see where he goes yeah and hope uh, so. and um so i guess that that was our takeaway as i can uh, i love this music though as we can uh we can fade out and uh let's uh do a do some plugs here as we uh we finish episode five already episode five there it is So thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, watching this one. And uh, be on the lookout for Anthony's podcast. We'll we'll let you know what it's called when we find out about it. And uh, you can listen to it. And um, this isn't going to come out in time for you to get a ticket to my show tomorrow, which is Sunday. This is Saturday when we're recording this one. Um, But um, keep hitting up the Patreon, everybody out there listening. Because as we uh, we kind of mentioned a little bit in this episode that Mike and I are going to be starting to uh, try to raise some money to take the take that uh, 
play that Mike and I were writing, and uh, we're still going to do the play. I still want to do the play. I still want to do that in front of a live audience, but we're going to try to um, shoot something and, and raise a budget to to fund it, and we're going to do some different fundraisers along the way, some shows like Mike alluded. He's going to be the Rocky host, and, and you'll all be in, invited, but... Uh, listening and, and, and is is great, and joining the Patreon and getting all these really cool things that you can get for subscribing to it at patreon.com forward slash from pretender to contender would really uh, would really help us uh, get this project done and and involve you guys. There'll be so many things that you'll be involved in from having. Um, extra roles in it from uh, maybe having a one one liner in it who knows who knows but we're we're filming a little we're we're we're, we're forming a team to get together to do this right we now. are it's called the a team <laughs> and it's it's gonna be three of us me you and laura right now and then you know once we figure out exactly the road we want to go down and uh you know i think there'll be i love this idea bringing our our fans subscribers in people that are interested maybe they want to get a shot in show biz they got something who knows but i'm looking forward to building the team yeah from um stacy who's one of our super fans definitely will be writing an episode and and uh you guys can be included in so many different ways so go subscribe all right guys and uh through your weeks Leave us messages on the voicemail, 951-298-9899. What does from pretender to contender mean to you? That's what we always want on those voicemails, and you can uh, leave them there, and we'll play them on the show. All right, guys. As we... uh, You ready, Mike? As we... As we always do. Keep Keep (laughs) punching. I missed the camera. That's all right.